Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today, Wednesday, April 25th, marks our 95th program. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, Actus Conference Preview, Mortality Scores, Quality Data. I'm joined today by my familiar co-host, Alan Frady, at left on your screen there. Alan is a CDI Education Specialist here for us at Actus. Alan teaches our CDI boot camps and serves as a subject matter expert. His background includes um, consulting with a background in coding and documentation. He has 12 years as a coding consultant, two years as a coding director, and six years as a CDI consultant. And his nursing experience includes work as a case manager and in cardiovascular care and ICU, as well as telemetry. So welcome to the program, Alan. It's good to be back. Thank you. All right. Now I'd like to introduce our our today our industry guest today, her first time on Actus Radio. We have with us Susan Schmitz. Susan is the Regional Director of Clinical Documentation Improvement for the Southern Cal Kaiser Permanente in Pasadena, California. Uh, Susan's experience includes 36 years as an RN and 19 years in the CDI field from consulting to managing hospital-based CDI programs, to now serving as regional CDI director over 14 SCAL Kaiser Permanente Medical Centers. Um, Susan's done a lot with us uh, in the broader CDI field as well as us here at Actus. She's one of the authors of the CDI Reference App. You may have seen that published by Elsevier and is considered one of their subject matter experts. She's been an Actus member here with us since 2009. She took the second CCDS exam ever offered. I'll have to ask her about that sometime. Um, you may have known she was elected to the Actus Advisory Board last year in 2017, and she's due to present on this topic today at our 11th Annual Actus Conference, and I'm thrilled to have her on. So welcome to the program, Susan. Thank you so much, Brian and Alan. Excited to be here. All right. Terrific. All right, we're going to start with a poll question related to today's topic. We asked you to Take a look at this and select the choice that best pertains to your facility, and uh, we will come back to the results in a few minutes. So we're asking, which of the following mortality scoring methodologies does your facility use? Is it the hospital standardized mortality ratio version 2 or HSMR2? Is it the acute care admission mortality ratio or ACA? Is it the University Hospital Consortium, UHC? Uh, mortality Prediction Models, MPM. Uh, perhaps you don't know or not applicable, realizing that today's topic is a little outside perhaps of the scope of some CDI departments and or for folks not uh, working in the acute care setting. So again, which of the following mortality scoring methodologies does your facility use? HSMR2, ACA, UHC, MPM, or don't know, not applicable. 
you know, we have some limitations. I was telling these uh, Alan and Susan before the show started with our poll because of the nature of the platform we use. So we don't have like all of the above or, or more than one. Uh, so we'll see how these poll results shake out, but appreciate you guys taking that. We're going to go ahead and close that out. We've got about 80% of our audience voting and we will come back to that in just a few minutes. All right, as I mentioned, our guest today is Susan Schmidt. Susan, welcome to the program, and thanks for being a part of Actus Radio. Thank so you. So let's, let's jump. Yeah, this is great. So just to start with, you know, we'll jump right in. Mortality scoring and measurement is not as easy as it seems. I've actually had a chance to look at your slides, and um, they can be quite complex. There are many different methodologies in the field, as we've just seen with our polling question. I'm sure that's not all-inclusive. So can you talk a little bit about what you mean by mortality rates and scoring and perhaps share a couple details of a few of these different methodologies? Sure. Um, you know, mortality rate is just a measure of the frequency of death occurrence in a defined population during a specific period of time. Or to say that a little more um, basic, it's just ob observed deaths in a study group to the expected deaths in a general group. And then as far as the uh, methodologies or the scoring system, that refers to a variety of several uh, scales used to predict hospital mortality using a complex set of criteria for risk adjustment, uh, mortality rates. I know that um, Kaiser used the HSMR2 uh, methodology. There are mm -hmm. Uh, as Alan, I mean, as uh, Brian, you presented before on the polling question, and then, you know, there's just many others that uh, organizations can use as far as that. Uh, there's pediatric uh, mortality uh, methodologies, there's uh, SAPS, that's the Simplified Acute Physiology, and um, even uh, one called POSSUM, which is really complex. And it's a mouthful, but stands for physiological and operative uh, severity score for the enumeration of mortality and morbidity. So um, there you have it. <laughs> that rolls right off the tongue there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Susan. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, Susan, as you've mentioned, there's a lot of different methodologies out there. We'll see how our poll turns out, uh, but the UHC, and I think it's busy and revising it now, uh, their model is one of the more well-known and discussed methods uh, for measuring mortality outcomes among our membership. We, we have those presented in our conference. We hear about those from people who email us that particular methodology. Can you talk a little bit more about how that model works and what are considered offsetting comorbid comorbid conditions in UHC and how CDI can have an impact there? Sure. Uh, the UHC model of I've, at other organizations that I've been at is, is what we've always used. Like I said, we don't use that here at Kaiser at this time. But that model basically assigns an SOI and ROM score to each account, which falls within their certain variables. So uh, this SOI score, ROM score is done via coding, of course, of those comor uh, comorbid conditions you mentioned, 
that are within the model. And some of these include uh, chronic conditions such as COPD, uh, even hypothyroidism, hypertension, uh, diabetes, a lot of chronic conditions. Um, and CDI can certainly impact uh, the scoring in this model by querying and obtaining the documentation for those uh, comorbid conditions included uh, in the methodology. All right. Um, you know, Susan, one of the, the, the great things about the, the mortality and aligning your CDI department and objectives with mortality uh, reviews and scores is, is the physician buy-in angle. Maybe you could have you talk a little bit about that, how, how you use the work of mortality score improvement to help drive physician engagement. Um, from what I've seen of your slides, again, I've had a couple of questions. We're not actually showing the slides on today's program. You'll have to go to the ACTUS conference to see those. We're kind of previewing what Susan will be covering. But from what I've seen, you know, you'll, you'll be covering things like HRQ dashboard, CMS hospital compare. Just curious how you guys do it. Do you monitor those sites? Do you present this data to physicians in a formal or informal way? Or um, you can talk a little about that. Sure. Yes, we do. Uh, and that's, you know, that's certainly one way to get that physician buy-in. Um, we do it informally with physicians, you know, when they ask uh, that age-old question, what's in it for me? And this is one way uh, to show them that, you know, these this, uh, these dashboards are, are, are publicly reported, so anybody can look at them. And when you share that with physicians, of you, they they certainly become more engaged. It's it's really all about just educating and um, both formally and and informally. We share this information with our executives at, as well in in a more formal setting. Mm -hmm. All right. An, Thanks, uh, Susan. Sure. Uh, if one of our listeners is interested in getting started with mortality reviews or improving their existing process, where do you recommend they get started? It, it looks like you put together a nice mortality review workflow for your presentation. Is having a defined process important and how has that helped Kaiser? Well, first of all, if you don't have a program started, you're, all, you're only gonna add value by starting one. Um, you'll want to begin the discussion of implementation with any department which may be involved and most likely coding and billing. Um, just to mention, we do all our mortality reviews post-coding, but pre-bill. And as far as having a defined process, it's extremely important to have all the steps in place to make sure the program works. Defining that process you know, you can really end up with an efficient program, which is important. Um, we've, you know, this this process works very well for us. I'm I'm going to be happy to share it at the conference. Um, but in one year, uh, Southern California Kaiser has had a st statistically significant drop in their standard uh, mortality rate. Of um, the drop was 0 0.1, and our standard uh, our SMR uh, currently is at 0 uh, 0.6, which um, is is really extremely low, which we're very happy about. Mm 
That's excellent. Yeah, Susan, I know you're going to be sharing that sort of that workflow with us at the conference. Um, any idea? And how did you develop and get that implemented? I'm, I'm curious just to learn more about. Um, I'm sure folks, and once they see it, might be interested in doing something similar. But that's that's got to involve a lot of buy-in across the hospital. You mentioned coding departments, um, probably quality compliance. And what 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 would if you could describe just briefly for us the the, the process by which you got that developed and implemented? I know that's could probably be an hour in and of itself, but a few tips for our audience. Well, it started, and it, it actually took several meetings of all the key stakeholders to get to this, this final process that we've had in place for a couple of years now. Um, we've had to do very little tweaking with it, but everybody has to be on board. You know, it was... Um, you know, once the coders had completed their their chart, uh, their coding, we had to have a report that was run immediately. So, you know, every day we could we would get that report sometimes twice a day, because with 14 medical centers, we you know we do have can have a significant amount of um, deaths, and uh, so we had to get the coders to buy in to, you know, they have to reopen their accounts if a, there's a query with an, uh, that ends up having an addendum. Um, then with billing, we had to get them to possibly hold a claim uh, an extra day, and everybody had to agree. And, um, you know, along the way, too, we end, ended up finding an occasional coding error. And so that had to go back to the uh, coding managers, so they had to review that process. So it just took a lot of, you know, quite a few meetings, and uh, everybody, I think, once everybody understood how important this process was to Kaiser, uh, then we really got the buy-in from everybody. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing that uh, at the conference. You, it's a it's a nice workflow you put together. You're going to be presenting that actually not only at your session, um, which is going to be in collaboration with uh, with Pam Hess, but but also at our advisory board lightning round. So for those that don't know, the we're going to be having a, a special panel session at the conference that includes um, several members of the advisory board presenting quickly on quick different topics. Susan's going to be talking about her workflow. Um, so there's a second opportunity to see that. We realize that there are six sessions running at all times at the ACTUS conference. You can't go to them all. But if you consider the lightning round, you get exposed to a lot of different ideas in a quick time frame. And uh, one of our recent board members who graduated on from the board, uh, James Fee, is going to be running that. I'm told he's going to be keeping a very tight ship, Susan. So. Hopefully you can uh, you can stay within his allotted time frame there. I know, I know, it'll be fun. <laughs> it will be fun. Maybe just to wrap up, could you talk a little bit, Susan, about what you're personally looking forward to at the uh, 11th annual conference? I, I know you've been to some in the past. Um, what it is you 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 look forward to most? You know, I just really love the networking and and seeing you know industry colleagues sharing new ideas it's just it's it's really fun to hear 
about the new ideas and um, see what's what's really going on in the CDI world. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you again there, Susan, as well as hopefully many of our other listeners on today's show. Thank you. All right. Absolutely. We're going to go ahead and uh, take a look at our results of our poll question again. Um, again, we asked folks which um, which of the following mortality scoring methodologies their facility uses. So this is uh, well, Wait to hear your reaction, Susan, but majority don't know or is not applicable, 80% about. Um, of those that, that do know or have a mortality system, they're, they're, they're uh, reviewing under UHC or, or Vizient. It's not surprising. Is number one to 12%. Then we've got the ACA at 4%. 3%, I believe, is uh, HSMR2, which you, you, which you guys use, Susan, um, another 1% of the mortality prediction model, or MPM. But again, majority either don't know or not applicable. So curious what you uh, what your thoughts are on your reaction to the poll is. You know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by the 81%. Uh, I think it's important for CDI uh, employees to to know about mortality, know about the scoring system, how they can drive um, the, the risk of mortality and the severity of illness uh, through their process. So that, I found that kind of surprising. Yeah, absolutely. Alan, any comments on this poll? I was afraid of this. Um, I, did, I am surprised that it's 81%, but a lot of CDI programs don't have the resources available in terms of staffing and training and, and just time during their day to address mortality. And I, whenever I go out and talk to people in the industry, it falls off of the priority list of many, many programs. The methodology is complicated. It's not well understood. The way we typically deal with this, Brian, is we tell coders to just pick up everything and we tell doctors to document comprehensively. And the hope <laughs> is that by doing that, we'll address some of the issues. But as you know, hope is not really a good management strategy. And sometimes mm -hmm. just telling people to go and document good <laughs> is not enough. <laughs> and I think that's right. an area that we, where we're probably failing somewhat. Yeah, I got a couple comments from listeners of the show. Um, a note, I, one person writes, I know we use uh, Vizient for a methodology, did not know it was UHC. So uh, my bad there. And also, I'm not sure it's accurate. We do mortality reviews. I just don't know the methodology. So it's possible many folks are doing mortality reviews. Um, some are really referring to SOI, ROM, as, as opposed to the specific methodology. But uh, we're hoping to drill a little deeper, and we have some we have some polling limitations based on the platform we're using. But I do appreciate the the comments and the uh, the input on the poll. All right, we're going to go ahead and move to our in the news item. Uh, in the news is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession and to ACTUS. Before I get into this, I just wanted to mention that uh, the, I, the 2019 IPPS rule is out. Um, this literally hit yesterday, late afternoon. I did not have time to update our ACTUS script, um, ACTUS radio script with the 2019 IPPS rule. Alan's already been taking a look at that 
So uh, we, we will have news on that in a future Actus Radio. We will be covering that in tomorrow's CDI strategies. If you haven't, if you're not getting CDI strategies, check it out on actus.org. We'll have articles on it. But today, I wanted to discuss another piece of regulatory guidance that has come out, um, and that is the release of the final policy and payment updates to the Medicare Advantage and Part D programs, as published to the 2019 rate announcement and call letter. Um, you can find the official announcement on the CMS website here. Uh, I will link to this, as I always do in the show notes, um, of actus.org, uh, actus radio, and I also will point out another article that we have on this on this uh, release here on actus.org to check out after the show. But just briefly to summarize, uh, for 2019, Medicare Advantage plan payment rates will increase by an average of 3.4% uh, due to higher projected per capita cost growth for the Medicare fee for service. That final pay bump is significantly higher than the 1.84% increase proposed in the, in the advance notice for those that are keeping tabs on this. So that's good news. Uh, the announcement also describes changes to the CMS hierarchical condition categories or HCCs. Uh, that is a risk adjustment method which groups ICD-10 CM codes into disease categories that are clinically related, have similar cost implications. Uh, what's interesting is for those that are um, reviewing HCCs or outpatient documentation, outpatient encounters that can impact um, as well as inpatient, uh, there, will, there are a couple new, three new conditions that are added, uh, mental health, substance use disorder, um, and chronic kidney disease conditions um, were now added to the 2019 model. Um, there also was talk about a payment condition count model, which was, again, proposed in the 2019 advance notice. That payment condition count model would have adjusted for the number of conditions the beneficiary has. However, that was not approved. CMS uh, stated that they received a number of concerns about how the model would be implemented and the level of complexity. Uh, it is noteworthy that CMS did state that this model, again, the payment condition count model, it is required by the 21st Century Cures um, Act, and they plan to implement this model by 2020. So CMS says, you know, take the time, you got an extra year to, to study the model and its implications. I've actually had a request from an Actus Radio listener to get that on. I'm going to work on getting that, that on Actus Radio on a future show. Um, there's also some other modifications here. CMS does a nice job sort of ticking through some of the changes. Um, you know, this is the this is the model um, with some of the, the conditions that are being added. Um, the payment changes here. They've also, uh, as you can see here, they're they're changing the way by the the way they weight these risk score calculations. So they're going to base uh, Medicare adjustment risk scores. Um, using a 75% fee-for-service data and 25% encounter data. So that's contrasted with this year, risk scores are being calculated on 85% fee-for-service and 15% encounter data. So some important tweaks and changes and modifications. Um, they've got a coding pattern adjustment, similar to those that know the IPPS rule, uh, different payment system, but very similar to what they're doing or had been doing with the um, 
with the coding adjustment in the IPPS rule. So a lot of information to digest here. I thought this was worth sharing. Again, I will link to that in the, the show notes. We've got, again, this nice summary here for the, the Cliff Notes version of what I just covered on actus.org. Maybe I'll just bounce it over quickly to, to Susan and Alan. You know, Susan, I know that your organization has a significant footprint um, in Medicare Advantage, does HCC reviews. Do you have any thoughts on the new rule? You know, these addition of these new conditions, mental health, substance use, CKD stage three, and what that might mean for your for your um, outpatient CDI and risk adjustment coding professionals. Well, we'll certainly be looking for opportunities uh, again to to capture this documentation, which we we do already. But I'm really glad they they added it to the model because those those chronic conditions can take a lot of uh, time to manage, and uh, so I think it was important that they were they were added. I'm also really surprised by the 3.4% increase. Right. That's that's yep. pretty significant. Absolutely. How about you, Alan? Any any thoughts here? Just to tie this back to today's topic, uh, the argument has been made that the hyperconditioned category model, in many ways, is a better predictor of long-term mortality in terms of capturing chronic diseases than either the acute situations that occur temporarily in a hospital and even the risk of mortality score that you get from AP or DRGs. So um, that's just a, a little bit of a tie-in between Medicare Advantage and mortality. It's just something to keep in the back of your mind. Absolutely. All right. We're going to uh, move on now to our Actus update. So Actus update is a regular feature of bringing you the latest updates on what's going on inside of Actus. And we are, as you know, and we've been kind of harping on these last few weeks, closing in on the 11th annual Actus conference. So today I'm just going to share a few more details about our 2018 conference. This is the can't miss CDI of end of the year, at least I think so. Um, and those that are perhaps still on the fence, we have a few more details that should convince you to make the trip to, to San Diego. So um, again, we're, we're, the conference is being held May 21 to 24 at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in San Antonio, Texas. We have we, we still have room left in our room block. We've contracted five hotels. A couple of them are sold out, but uh, as of this morning, the La Quinta and others are are available. If you'd like to book rooms, we have special rates there for Actus attendees. Just mention Actus when you're booking your rooms. Um, we do have a welcome reception on the evening of May 21 that um, we, we do provide you with some drinks and uh, appetizers there, and it's a great chance to meet with colleagues, uh, new, and, uh, new and, and, and those that you're, you've been in touch with over the years and just reconnecting with at the conference. Um, one of the cool things we're doing this year, we've, we've added a conference theme. We're going with one thing. Uh, we'll explain that a little more at the conference, but essentially we realized that um, attending a conference is a time commitment, expense commitment. Uh, but as I've learned over the years, if you could take away one thing from a conference and, and actually implement it, either personally or professionally, then it really does pay for itself. 
Um, we're going to be sharing a number of one things with our folks at the conference this year. We've actually got a sponsored one thing wall, <laughs> which you'll have to see uh, in, in, in person. We'll be sharing some pictures of it afterward. It looks like a giant blackboard, only it's a little different. You can actually write on it with, uh, with a permanent pen. We're going to be asking folks to be sharing their one things and uh, capturing those and, and repurposing and sharing those after the conference in a special report. Um, so go ahead and share your one thing at the conference and we'll be sharing ours. Uh, we've got some new tracks this year. We have a dedicated track for pediatrics, which is new this year. We've added a sixth track. Um, so for those that are in pediatrics or thinking of expanding, we've, we've got you covered there. We're doing an outpatient CDI track that runs throughout the conference, everything from basic implementation to uh, some advanced uh, outpatient topics. Um, we've got some terrific, in addition to folks that I've been featuring like Susan, um, like Beth Wolf on, um, on palliative care and and others I've been featuring on the on Actus Radio. We've got some great general session and keynote speakers. If you, if you haven't seen Joe Flower, he's a healthcare futurist. He's going to kick things off with the vision of what healthcare will look like in the next 20 years, next 10 years. Really excited about that. Uh, we have David Nilasina, who is from CMS. He's going to be doing a regulatory update uh, on day two for us. He's going to be there actually, and it's not easy to get a CMS. Uh, uh, representative at the conference. I'm very pleased to have uh, Dr. Nelasina. And then uh, Allison Massari, those that don't know Allison, she's had, uh, she's had a, 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 a tragic incident in her life that she has turned around and made, uh, made it something very positive. It's a great closing message um, for everybody. And she's going to be wrapping up for us on the morning of day three. So some really cool stuff going on. We've got a local chapter day. We've got our Actus Achievement Awards. We're going to be doing an optional closing night awards reception for those that would like to attend. Tickets are $25. That does include, um, we're, we're in a beautiful indoor-outdoor venue. Appetizers and drinks are included in that cost. You have to sign up in advance. We do need to get a head count to the hotel. Uh, we will have tickets available on site. Those will be $40, however, and those are only available on May 21. So I encourage people to, to sign up now. If you've already signed up for the conference, you can call our customer service department and they'll, they'll take care of that for you. So a lot of great stuff going on at the conference. I haven't even touched on all the educational sessions. We're going to do at least one more program for you uh, next week on Actus Radio um, on pediatric surgery. So we're going to be talking about uh, one of our in-depth topics in the pediatric track at our next Actus Radio in two weeks. I hope you can join us for that program. Um, I want to thank Susan for coming on today and Alan for co-hosting. Great job, guys. Uh, for our listeners, if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, please send me an email at bmurphy at actus.org. That'll do it for today's Actus Radio. We'll see you again in two weeks, and uh, take care, everyone.